are we like? It's the Luke and Pete Show with me, Pete Donaldson, and Mr. Luke Moore. How you doing, man? All right, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. What's Just new? Turn that music down a little bit. Um, yeah, good. Um, now a little bit more paranoid than usual about uh, my asthma. So uh, oh, thanks, last week. thanks, fans. Uh, yeah. Thanks, listeners. Well, it's in a way, it's good that you've got like thousands <sighs> of people monitoring your breath. <laughs> So you know you're not well, no, because I listen to other podcasts where um, there's people who have sort of vocal tics, some people who speak through their nose, and, and I always go, oh, what a, yeah. what a terrible uh, noise that is. Set Meal Sam always does this thing, I don't know where he got it from, where he says right. that every American show, because mm. you know like those type of American podcasts are all quite earnest. Yeah. And he says, if you get someone who, um, I can't really, he did tell me where he, where he heard it, but he can't remember, I can't remember what he said. He said, like, you get an American interviewer. Yeah. And, He's interviewing someone, yeah, and they'll tell them a story, and the interviewer will go, "So you literally did that?" <laughs> and the guy will go, "Yeah." And he yeah, goes, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ira Glass. Yeah, and there's that thing about vocal fry. Vocal fry. Yeah, we've done that before. Yes, we've done everything we've done before, everything hundred times. There's everything has been done before. Everything has been done before. Everything is borrowed. Listen. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Rod Stewart. Can we talk a little bit about Rod Stewart, guys? Sure. I think it's important to um, check in with the great man. Rod Stewart has built a beautiful um, train set. I think it would be disrespectful to call it a train set. What do you call it then? I think it's a model railway. A model railway system. Yeah. He says he built 90% of it uh, himself, yeah. but he's not very good at the electrics, so he let someone else do that. Sensible. Sensible, but also I think the model railway enthusiast, the purest... I would probably have a problem with that. And they'd probably be going like, oh, he's probably got some, probably got the painters in. Oh, the up. thing it's, is, it's, Pete, it's beautifully done. What will happen is, which is what always happens with kind of nerdy and geeky pursuits. And I have to start this by saying, I thought that was the, the nicest, most heartwarming story possibly of the year <laughs> that Rod Stewart has this amazing interest in this, in this hobby. Yeah. And he's dedicated to it. And he likes to spend his time doing that kind of stuff. Good on him. Worked very hard. Amazing life in showbiz, but a very talented, hardworking guy. Deserves everything he gets, in my opinion. Um, and what will happen is, which is what always happens, a bunch of enthusiasts in this area, yeah. rather than use this as the amazing free PR opportunity that it is for their particular pursuit, yeah. turn it to their advantage. They will get. Keep- They'll complain about it yeah. by being massive gatekeepers and saying, oh yeah, but he's just a Johnny come lately, blah, blah, blah. Because <laughs> that's what always happens. Yeah, I did look at it and go, I, I mean, I, don't, I didn't think he had it in him. Because it, it is... It's like um, it's like a set from a like a film. It's like amazing, a, like a miniaturized sort of set. If you did building something like, you know, it looked like something out of um, what was that animated uh, film like Isle of Dogs. It looked like something like that. It was funny to me. That the, the most revealing part of the story was that he said that um, obviously he's a man of means, multi-millionaire, and all the rest of it. He said when he was touring, he would take a personal interest in the hotel rooms he was booked into to make mm. sure they were big enough so he could continue his hobby while he was away. <laughs> See, oh, because some of the some of the constructions are so big. Yeah, he'd be he taking them with piece him. by piece. He'd be taking them with him, so he could carry on working in the hotel room. Jeez, yeah, that but that is difficult. But that's just a. I would think that was an imposition on the people I was touring with. You know, the 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 the. the He's Rod Stewart, it. Pete. He's literally Rod Stewart. <laughs> I know, but like, you just have someone just kind of suddenly just wheeling in this big thing from your house. It had been transported all around the world. Let's do a role play. Like, Let's do a role play. So right. you can be anyone else on the right. tour and I'll yeah. be Rod Stewart. So you just come to me with any sort of complaint. I'm Rod Stewart. No, I'm Rod Stewart. I'm you come Rod to me with, okay, no, right, I'm Rod okay. Stewart. You come to me with any kind of question or okay, complaint yeah. or anything. Um Rod, um you've left a you've left a condom in the sink, mate. I don't care. I'm fucking Rod Stewart. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Rod Stewart, man. 
Mate, I have do you ever I want. kicked a football into a crowd at Wembley? I don't think so. He's got a full-scale football pitch at his house. Is he? Do you know, did they ever tell you I was on, <laughs> I was on the radio? I think sorry. he might be my favourite drunk. Who, Rod? Rod. Always drunk on telly. Mate. Doesn't care who sees him pissed. Love it. I was on, I was doing the newspaper show Roundup on the Breakfast Show on TalkSport mm. and Alan Brazil uh, was talking about Rod Stewart and Rod Stewart rang in <laughs> live <laughs> and invited Alan onto his private jet. Nice. To fly somewhere. It was to watch a Celtic game in Europe or something. Lovely. Yeah. That's that's decent, isn't it? That's living. That is living. Now you're really living. Unless Rod reveals that he's going to fly the plane, I'd, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Unless he reveals it's a model plane that he's built himself. <laughs> Get in. It's the spruce caboose. <laughs> yeah. But amazing hobby. And I, I, when I, when I'm, when I, I know I've had a go at sort of the gatekeeping aspect of this thing here. I do understand that if you've worked really hard and you don't have much money and you're really proud of your shit yeah. and then someone just, just parachutes in with this amazing with scale. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but it would be annoying. Literally scale, I guess, in many ways. But I like the fact that um, he didn't go for that kind of idyllic uh, kind of country kind of scene. It was just a filthy city that he's made. I think it was based on New York City, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Chicago. New York oh, Chicago City. Was yeah, it? Okay. One of the two. But it was just like, I like the fact that he, he went for a, a, a very urban scene rather than one of those idyllic Slightly, um, slightly, you know, trying to recapture something that was lost. It was nothing bucolic about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, speaking of people living the dreamers in their older age, um, have you seen much of Rick Stein's new series? I'm not, no, because I, I, I don't watch telly and I certainly don't watch any Rick Stein. Oh, he's just got a life, he's hasn't he? He's got a life, though, hasn't he? His, his, listen, <laughs> break it down to its component parts. Right. Rick Stein has presumably through his production company or whatever, mm. pitched a show to the BB fucking C. The BB fucking C. Right. Yeah. And said, what I'd quite like to do is drive around the nicest parts of France yeah. in an actual Porsche, <laughs> eating and drinking all the stuff I want to eat or drink. Yeah. And they've said, go for it. <laughs> and that's what he's doing. <laughs> well, he's currently in uh, Venice, according to his Twitter. Oh yeah, because it would have been. It, yeah. I think the French one would have been recorded in yeah. the summer. It's not live. <laughs> no, no. But um, yeah, he's just he's taking a picture of a flooded Venice bar. Obviously, Venice is in all kinds of trouble. It's, yeah. um, it's very flooded at the I moment. I saw that they, um, certain, uh, some Italian parliament last week, um, blocked and refused to action a climate change piece of legislation, mm. and the next day the parliament was flooded. Nice. Um, so that's. God with a sense of humour there. But would you not have any desire to have a Rick Stein type life in your older age, Pete? Yeah, but the thing is, those programmes are never they're never fun to record, presumably. Oh, he's having because... a great time. <laughs> no, but it would have been well if he's dri- he's allowed to just drive on a posh. All right, that's a different situation. But these travel shows they always look quite interesting. He's like, oh, imagine getting paid for travelling around. The shoots will be two weeks hitting five cities all over the globe and you'd just be knackered by the end of it. Absolutely knackered. Nah. It's Rick's, real work. Rick's, I, going I work. For, Rick's going for dinner wherever he wants <laughs> on his own schedule, getting it paid for. Yeah, but you know, you can't have conversations that you would usually have. You're just constantly being filmed while you're chowing down and you've got to talk to the camera and it's just a job. It's work, man. Do you want to do it or not? Yes, I would like to do it. <laughs> but I'm just saying that but I he's always, always do, obviously but I, doing it because he enjoys it. He doesn't yeah. have to do it, does he? Well, I don't know. He's wealthy. Have you seen Padstow? He owns half of Padstow. I don't really know who Rick Stein is. Oh, is he God's a chef? Or... I'll talk to you about it later. It's just a little, he's little an old chef, chef guy. He's yeah. an old chef guy, right? I'll, okay. I'll get a picture of him. You'll recognise okay. him, I'm sure. He's been on TV for 40 years. How many um, restaurants go out of business every every year? You got, you know, you got it's him, hard work. You? Hard work to run these things. This is him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just Googled him. I'd, I'd look at his tweets. He's in yeah. Venice and he's, he looks like a short man. He might drown. <laughs> Is that from one short man to another? The yeah, danger. Exactly. Um, I also really enjoyed, um, or I am really enjoying so far, the series of His Dark Materials. 
Oh yeah. Based on the Philip Pullman books. That's back. Have you seen any of that? I've not seen any of that, no. You don't watch um, TV, don't like it. As I said before, I don't um I don't generally flirt with BBC um dramas. I had a look at the night manager because that's good. I like a bit of John Lacare, but yeah. those kind of, I, for some reason I just have a real blind spot for them. That was good, but it wasn't as good as the book. No. Um, well, they tried to make a film earlier on, didn't they? And of what? The, of His Dark Materials? Yeah. And yeah. They, they muffed it up, I think. Did you, um, did, are you aware of the premise of the His Dark Materials series of books? No. I know Jim's been reading it. It looks like a chunker. Oh, yeah. The, the latest one's big. But what it is, is there's loads of stuff that goes on, and I won't bore you with the details here, but particularly as you've just literally just said you're not interested. Um, the, but the, the idea is that everyone has a demon, which is like their soul that lives outside their body and takes an animal form. Yes, okay, right. Yeah. Do you know what, what would your demon be? Um, zebra. A zebra. Zebra. It can't be a zebra. Why? It's not practical, is it? What do you mean? It's too big. It what follows you around everyone. Like? You can't be separated from it. Oh, for crying out loud! So, so everyone's just got small animals, or is that the it's joke? Supposed be ref- it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Not a joke. Right. It's supposed to be reflective of your personality, but it's supposed okay. to be like a smaller kind of version of it that follows you everyone. You can't be separated right, fine. from ferret. it. A ferret. Why a ferret? Because if to me, if the ferret is the most perverted of all the animals. Well, what, what's it goes on your trousers I've, I've, I've and stuff, doesn't it? An, I've never seen any of these animals. So, what is it like? What animals do people use? So, um, hamsters. Like, what's the most? What's the one that can fit in my pocket? Hamster works perfect. Lyra is Lyra is the main girl, and then her um, demon is a pine martin. But when you're a kid, it changes based on is your mood. Is a pine martin a, a bird? I've never heard of this animal. A pine martin is like a little rodent. Right. Okay. But when you are a kid in this in this universe, mm. the animals change form depending on your mood, and then they settle as you go into adulthood, and that settles oh, your personality. That's a nice idea. So some of them might have, one of them uh, one of the guys has got a snake. Yeah, he's a nasty little fucker. Yeah, um, Lord Asriel's got a um, I think he's got a snow leopard. Okay. Pretty Do good. the you just said I'm not allowed big animals, and he's got a bloody snow leopard. Have you seen a zebra? <sighs> yes. It's mad. Insane. You so. knocking about the zebra bigger than you. <laughs> Toon Army. Take the football. <laughs> take the football. Just, you wouldn't know. You living in this world. Are you, right, what, time is, what time is Pete coming to the to the bar? I'll be here in a minute. Yeah. Ba-dum, 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 this yeah. fucking zebra, zebra comes in, takes a big shit on the floor. <laughs> Mine would be a very polite zebra. Uh, what about the animals? Do they have um, spirit animals or possibly spirit humans? Yeah, it's like a um, set maybe of the, Russian dolls. Yeah, maybe the little devils are us. Smaller. Maybe the devils are us. Could be. Yeah. Makes you think, doesn't it? See? What would, so yours would be a little hamster, would it? Yeah, because it's just, it's just more portable. I think you're missing the point here. And I'd disguise it as a mouse, like a, like a computer mouse. It would, have, it would be in a hard shell and its little head would pop out of a computer mouse. <laughs> uh, there'd be a little hole in the computer mouse and the head would pop out and it would just look like I was, convert, I was carrying a, a computer mouse. And you can, you can, yeah, you can talk to your up. demon, you can talk to each other. Yeah. And he can give you a different alternative um, opinion or something or see something that you can't and you can work as a team. Well, you've had, well I just have a dog because I like dogs. So I just have a dog. <laughs> Again, it's He'd supposed be to be reflective a... of your personality. So what you need to do... All right, dog, I'm a crowd pleaser. <laughs> I'm worried what people think about me all the time. What type of dog? Uh, uh, Chihuahua, I don't know, Shih Tzu, you're, something small. You're not, lo- you're not loyal though, are you? What do you mean I'm not loyal? You're not a loyal person. What do you mean I'm not loyal? You don't, you, you about? like to do your own thing all the time. That doesn't make you loyal. It just makes you flighty. A little wolf? <laughs> little wolf. Yeah. yeah. No, because they have a wolf pack, don't they? Yeah, true. Yeah. I, I, thought, I like to think of you as a little hamster. Yeah, a little hamster right. and a little mouse thing. And I've you offered you hamster and you wanted something else. No, I quite like hamster. This is the worst Dark Materials podcast. <laughs> 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 what happens to the animals? Can they die? Yeah, if they die, you're in big trouble. Right. And no one else can touch your you're demon. You're in big trouble. Yeah. And no one else can touch your demon. It's like a faux pas. 
Oh right. So if you if I went over and saw a dog and it might be the actual spirit um animal of someone, yeah. I go over and stroke it, that's a real whoa mate. I think they'd be upset with you. Very upset. <laughs> Don't you touch my demon. Yeah. But what if you touch your demon accidentally? Well, maybe they would just fraught let you with off. problems. They'd let you off. Fraught with problems, this. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good show. It's a good, not a nonsense. It's a good book. Sounds like nonsense. Good set of books, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> All right, then. Let's take another break. We're back with more uh, Luke and Pete uh, short emails. If you would like to get to the show, by the way, just to give you a little air gap while the ads are on, maybe tap out a little email for us. It's hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. You never do the email check normally. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Look at this. I'm a big terrorist with my cat. So even terrorists can have spirit animals. Cats. Cats. By the sounds of it, yeah. Cats. Is that, is that another one from that classic EasyJet documentary series? Oh, look at me. I'm a big terrorist. You're my cat. Um, I'm having a lovely time. I've had four pints of Guinness and my uh, my wife just left me. I can't name her. Oh, uh, what's her name? Jane. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Jane. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Email time. <laughs> um, what have we got here? I've got an email here about American eggs. <laughs> this is the debate that has run and run and I did not expect it. I like to say <laughs> expect it. I didn't. Yeah. I like to think it was the sequel to that song by um, not Annie Lennox. American Woman. Who sang American Woman? Song. American Woman. I always say it was Lenny a cover, Kravitz, wasn't it? Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, he did, Kravitz, he did the cover. Yeah, it was Lenny Kravitz. He covered on it. I think. I think it's a cover, isn't it? American uh, Woman. It was originally by. I'll tell you. Did Lenny Kravitz do a cover of it? Yeah, he's famously uh, his song. Okay. One of his recent decents, as you might call it. <laughs> there's a one. There's a, there's a song called "American Woman" by the Guess Who, but I think that's a different song. Mm. Anyway, carry on. Um, I just think that he, his next song would be about American eggs. <sighs> it wasn't worth it. No, it uh, really wasn't. So I don't know why you're concentrating on it. Jordan from Melbourne's been in touch about American eggs because we talked about why they're different colours and all the rest of it, and everyone's got their own theory. So yes. I'm just reading the theories as they come in. Don't hold it against us. <laughs> Jordan says. Um, Eggs in the US are illegal in the UK and vice versa. Basically, the FDA regulates that all American sold eggs must be washed and properly sanitised of contaminants such as dirt and faeces. And this process destroys the colour of the eggs, leaving them white. That's literally what I said in the first response to the email, completely off the, off the dorm. Let me finish. Right. If any part of the washing process is off, though, the chance of contamination is extremely high. 
especially since the water it's washed in can easily infect the egg with pathogens such as salmonella. Everywhere but the US instead chooses not to wash eggs Mm. as eggs have an external coating called the cuticle which protects them. Washing eggs damages and usually removes this protective layer, leaving them susceptible to infection. While not washing eggs requires more care, it prevents contamination in kitchen environments. Yeah. Keep up the good work. I I agree with that. I mean, um, America has so many salmonella outbreaks and we don't have them quite as much, Mm. apart from that really famous one in the uh, 90s with uh, Edwina Curry, etc. But yeah, the, the... I'm not looking forward to the old chlorinated chicken. We haven't had a food health scare for a while, have no. we? We had foot and mouth for a bit. Had a yeah. bit of BSE, didn't we? Mad BSE, yeah, yeah. Bit of salmonella. Disease, yeah. Mm. yeah. Just be careful, all right, guys? Yeah. Just be careful. Adam in London. It did make people very scared of chicken, like needlessly scared of chicken, more than you really I don't should. really remember the salmonella one. Yeah, just people are obsessed with like, you know, just don't do this to chicken. Like, just, just, just cook your food properly. Adam Kemp <laughs> hello Adam hi guys thank you for uh, reading uh, my story about a cannibal that definitely existed back in uh, episode oh, for god's sake how has he got back on the show uh, I write this time with a story that is perhaps even more troubling I briefly mentioned at the end of uh, the Thursday episode uh, a couple of weeks ago after a woman uh, claimed to have used the same nappy on all nine of her children. Bloody hell. This reminded me of my current flatmate telling me that his parents used tea towels instead of nappies for him while he was a baby. Slightly unusual behaviour, but more economical, I guess. Um, He then went on to tell me that not only his parents kept said tea towels, but they were also the ones he'd uh, brought from home that we currently use in our flat. What? Oh, nappy... Rash. This is horrendous. It's disgusting, isn't it? Having yeah. like n- having nappies, you're washing, drying all of your blooming dishes with old nappies. It's not yeah. what you want. What's the he, upshot? Well, he acted as though it was completely normal. Surely this is borderline deviant behaviour, and I should be looking uh, for someone else, somewhere else to live. Or uh, am I in the wrong here? Keep the good work, Adam in uh, London. We are in our tenth year of living together. <laughs> Him and his mate. Yeah. He lived with the same mate for 10 years. Yeah, it's nice. Love that theme, June. Are you, Very good. Is that a situation you'd like to find yourself in? Would you live with your mate Al for, for Mom, 10 years? Oh, God, no. God, no. My mum, um, I, I think parents have this kind of like really, uh, they have got loyalty to um, towels. If you go back to your mum and dad's house, you will see a towel that you were probably swaddled in when you were a kid. Oh, I literally had a conversation with my mum yesterday. And she said the cutlery we've got in our house, yeah. they got as a wedding present in 1975. It's a, that's a, they, and look, they were built to last. And also, why throw away a good thing? That's 44 years of cutlery. Mad, isn't it? My mum still uses the same iron from when I was a kid. Does it still work? Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Because well, um, modern irons aren't very heavy, and this one just makes it a little easier because it's quite heavy. Your mate Alex yeah. would never agree to live with you because if he lived with you, it would increase his chances of his worst nightmare coming true and he'd become a meme. Oh, yeah, exactly, Wouldn't yeah. It? Yeah, yeah I'm constantly work. surveying my surroundings for memes, memed them. Yeah, I wonder how much stuff in my parents' house has been there since before I was born. The mm. cutlery definitely has. Yeah. My mum was literally saying they're going to get some new stuff for Christmas. It's kind of a bit of a shame, really. Yeah. Um, Keep it. Yeah, and we've talked about parents and their attic and stuff. And mm. we also, a week or so ago, talked about you know, that, that, those parents leaving that stuff in the bedside drawer. And we don't want to get into that again. <laughs> um, Luke Kyle from Basingstoke's been in touch and emails in with the following. Hey, guys, hope you're well. Just a quick one regarding your gladiator chat recently. Ooh. Remember we talked about the gladiators yeah. at TV show. I think that was part of our Saturday night TV chat. He says, uh, I used to work in childcare. And when working in a, in a nursery, I used to look after a little girl called Angel who happened to be the daughter 
of the very lovely Falcon, a.k.a. Bernadette. Nice. I knew her for the best part of three years and still occasionally bump into her in the local Tesco Express. We <laughs> normally have a brief catch-up and I do my best not to call her Falcon. She currently runs fitness classes here in Basingstoke at the local sports centre and I believe she does a lot of charity work too. Keep up the good work, guys. Luke Kyle. Oh, she had that very 80s hair. I'm going to Google um, her now. Shot on top, long at the back. Full-on mullet. Full-on lady mullet. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, I recognise her now. Yeah. I remember her, yes. Well, if anyone else has got any stories about um, meeting or knowing gladiators, mm. and my friend Tommy got in touch um, about it and said that he used to see Hunter yeah. uh, driving around um, Essex in an open-top car trying to attract the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly, yeah, behaviour so. absolutely commensurate from what you'd expect. Damn right. That's right. Look, if you're going to spend all that time on that body, Do you reckon he used it. to shout out when he was driving... Can you feel the power of the gladiators? <laughs> Do you have the will and the skill? Well, the song was released, wasn't it? It was probably a Simon Cowell joint, wasn't it? Bet it was, yeah. probably was. It was a they Simon did, Cowell deep cut. They did all of the uh, WrestleMania ones, so... Do you want to um, hear from someone who's from Milwaukee? Uh, yes, please. Because that's where you spent some time. Mm -hmm. It's from Steve, and he says, I enjoyed the latest episode. Um... 199.70, so a few episodes now. He says, as a Scot living in Milwaukee, Pete's visit after the Ramble Chicago show, which I intended, which I attended and enjoyed, piqued my interest. I'm not surprised to hear that the, his idea of visiting us was met with derision, mm. as Chicagoans tend to look down their noses at us while being happy to come up here in large numbers for little getaways. Being the childish shorts, shorts? Wearing childish shorts. Right. Being the childish sorts that we are, our only repository to refer to them as fibs, fucking Illinois bastards, <laughs> and remind them that the bears still suck, which remains a constant and never-changing world. Can you tell we have a huge chip on our shoulders? Anyway, hopefully you had a good time, Pete, mm. for Steve. Yeah. Um, Tyler has also come in as well. He's uh, from Milwaukee, or moved to Milwaukee from uh, Virginia in 2012. Um, within a year, I decided that Milwaukee would be my home for the foreseeable future. Um, it still is, uh, but to be fair, I began dating the woman who is now my wife, major factor. Some unique features of Milwaukee. Home to Summerfest, the world's largest music festival, which is incredible. Can that really be the world's largest music festival? I reckon like state fairs and stuff, are, like, they bring in so many people. You know what I mean? What's like, the name think, of it? Um, Summerfest. Certified by the Guinness Book of World Records for the last 20 years, mate, so can't complain. Harley Davidson was uh, founded uh, in uh, and is still headquartered in Milwaukee. Um, and uh, found the location of Miller Brewery, of course, um, who make sure. terrible beer. <laughs> yeah, just looking up at Summerfest, Pete. Mm. Um, apparently, yeah, it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's the biggest music festival in the world. And this year they expect an attendance of 900,000 people. Mm. Incredible. <laughs> but it goes along 11 days. Yeah. Can I, get, can I give you a bit of this? Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin is known uh, for cheese, and Milwaukee serves cheese in most ways you can imagine, especially in fried curd form. But uh, number five, uh, the brewery slash tavern lobby is so strong here, you can get stopped by the police for a uh, DUI several times before losing your driver's license. Bloody hell. <laughs> for goodness sake. Every scene in every TV show. I was watching The Office last night, uh, and Michael Scott and everyone in the scene was pla were plastered, and they just get in their car and they just drive away, and no one goes... That's bad behaviour. That's bad behaviour. It's very, very different culturally to, to here yeah. for that kind of thing. Yeah. And I imagine it's worse in the kind of more rural areas as well. Guys, visit Milwaukee. And if we don't get a Visit Milwaukee sponsorship, I'll be very, very aggrieved. Oh, that'd be great. 
Can we get in touch with the Milwaukee Cantoris board? Yeah, and go, look, we're doing more for you than your goddamn Green Bay Packers are. Are you a Green Bay man now? I'm a Green Bay Bearsman. You know they're called cheese heads? Yeah. They've got, they wear big blocks of cheese on their heads. Yeah. Not I, real I, ones. I saw like, a load of the blocks hats. of cheese at the airport and I was, I'm, I'm still thinking about the um, fireman's hat I could have bought in that looked like cheese. Oh, why didn't you buy that? That's such a dance and purchase. It was and that, come here, I was bringing it back. It's a bit of a pain in the arse. You've I'd changed, have to wear bro. it. And I'd, look, <laughs> I'd look mentally ill. I would just love to be coincidentally walking through arrivals at Heathrow. And you rock up on your own with a, with a cheese hat, Stetson made of cheese. Yeah, what have you? <laughs> and like the one thing that Americans have a real fucking boner for is preventing you importing or exporting uh, cheese. So have you got anything to declare? Have you got any uh, food foodstuffs to declare? Only my genius. Only my genius. <laughs> I also think what sort of that hat heroin? Yeah, the Vermont's known for its cheese as well, but it's not. I mean, compared to European cheese, it's not as good. <laughs> Nowhere know. near as good. Uh, what about this from Brad? He, he says he's from a place called Century, but he doesn't mention where that is. I, I think it's in the US. He says, uh, "I hope you guys are uh, having a good time in the states." This is an email from a while back. He says, um, "In your episode when you walked down Seventh Avenue, you made a quick reference to real life superheroes. Have you heard of Phoenix Jones of Seattle?" No. no uh, he's, he attached a Wikipedia um, article. Phoenix Jones is an American real-life superhero, uh, initially wearing a ski mask to intervene in a public assault. Uh, his real name is Benjamin Fodor. Right. Uh, he developed a full costume and adopted Phoenix Jones as a pseudonym. From 2011 to its dissolution in 2014, Jones was the leader of the Rain City Superhero Movement, a Seattle-Washington-based citizen patrol group which described itself as a crime prevention brigade. Right. Uh, it's a picture of him. He's got a little super suit on and everything. Um, he also did a bit of mixed martial arts stuff. Um, he fought his older brother <laughs> in a in a catchweight fight. Um, doesn't say whether he won or not. Um, looks like he didn't win. Uh, and um, he's been derided by the police. Uh, he got injured. Ever since. <laughs> what happened was um, he reported that he was stabbed with a knife while trying to intervene in a drug deal. Yeah. And the police keep saying to him, listen, mate, stop fucking doing this. <laughs> Please. You're, he, he's, he's been, um, he's on record, the police are on record as calling him a deeply misguided individual in quotes. Right. But um, he also um, spawned in 2012, apparently, a, a super villain. A video appeared online from a guy called Rex Velvet. Rex Velvet criticizing Jones and his anti-crime efforts. <laughs> oh I like god. It. Yeah, these people do really need to have their father tell them they love them. <laughs> um, but anyway, Brad also says also with your hopping about, if you ever fly Delta to or from the US, my dad may be your co-pilot. Yes. Uh, he's been with them almost 30 years um, after his time in the US Air Force flying F16s and instructing pilots on the T38. He also lugged cargo around on the C17 for a while. So do be on the lookout for pilot Keith. There's a 100% chance he won't recognize you though because this is the man who met Danny Carvajal and thought it was Lionel Messi. Um <laughs> Right. Thanks, Danny's happy with that. Brad from Century, yeah. Yeah. Can um, can uh, can he find my laptop, please? Oh yes. Any news on that? No. Every two days, I'll get an email from um, Chicago O'Hare Airport going, um, and it makes it look like you, they've just found your stuff, and it goes, "Hi, Pete. We know that finding your uh, item is utmost uh, important to us, and it is to us too." Um, but just find my thing. I told you exactly where it was. Exactly yeah. where it was. The seat. Exactly the what plane. The seat. The flight. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's going through your internet history right now. Rah. 
Mm, it's a good point, actually. You should change my passwords, really. Yeah, you should. Never mind. All right. Well, listen, I think that's about as much time as we have. Okay, um, then. Fine. Th- this time around. Okay. Thanks, everyone, who got in touch. Um, we do love to hear from you. So hello at lukeandpeacher.com is the, is the way forward. I think there's a good chance the next episode we do might be me in the US and Pete in the UK. So we'll see how that works out. See how that one um, pans out. But if anything, we, we always overpromise and underdeliver on this show. So we'll see what goes on. <laughs> uh, have a great week and we'll speak to you next time. 